College football realignment is the gift that keeps on giving. We're going to give you our take on USC and UCLA both bolting for the Big Ten. And the NBA free agency period has begun. It's off to a wild start. And with the 4th of July on Monday, we're going to talk about some summer sports food items. The Horn Brothers are all three here. This is Sound the Horn Sports. It's time for Sound the Horn with the Horn Brothers, Ben. This man has to prove his manhood. Danny. They're a middling team that gets into the playoffs, but then doesn't really do anything from playoff time. And Riley. Unfortunately, I kind of feel bad for him because it always seems like something crazy happens. Welcome back into the Sound the Horn Sports Podcast. How's it going, guys? It's, you know, it's Friday, first day of July. Before we were here and this was where we were recording it. So, you know, I mean, we're moving right along and right in the middle of the dog days of summer for baseball here. Out here in my beautiful weather, I got a tri-tip on the grill. I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah, getting ready for the 4th of July weekend, doing a little bit. Man, tri-tip, you're going fancy on a Friday afternoon here. It, it was like 388 a pound at Safeway. I just bought a bunch of it. I figured I might as well do today. There you go. Get a little bit of get a little bit of steak in. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. So yesterday, I, I just got back home from Atlanta last night. And so yesterday I had a little bit of free time, went over to the College Football Hall of Fame. I'm about to go into the College Football Hall of Fame, and then my phone buzzes. USC, UCLA are going to the Big Ten. And I'm like, it was like, they're talking about it. And then right after, no, it's a done deal. They're going. You're like, what is going on? Like, when you saw the news, so like everybody at the the College Football Hall of Fame, that's all they were talking about. It's like, all right, what does this mean for college football moving forward? Like, you saw the news. What was your initial reaction? I think that we are on a fast track to if you are not in the SEC or the Big Ten, do you even matter in college football? If we're not going to do an expanded playoff, we're going to end up with two super conferences and we're just going to end up with two conferences and that's all that matters. I mean – There's outliers. I mean, as much as I love my smaller schools in Boise State and, you know, BYU and some of these smaller schools, at this point, the only teams that are left behind are like Oregon and Washington and maybe Oklahoma State. I mean, outside of that, everybody's in those conferences now. Like, I don't know. I just don't. It just doesn't going to matter anymore. And and it, and it kind of breaks my heart. I think we're we're taking away college football, and it, and it kind of sucks. Like, we're taking away the beauty of college football by going to that way. Yeah, it's it's a little scary. It kind of seems like we're just making college football a semi-pro at this point. I mean, and it it all opened up with the with them being paid. I mean, I think that was ultimately the right move. But what that's done is it's made teams look at. What do they got to do to make sure that they're still making plenty of money and they can attract the best players? And, you know, it, we are going to end up with a, two super conferences. You're going to end up, I think what's going to happen is you're going to end up with basically an upper, upper division of college football um, where, you know, like Ben said, as much as we love our smaller schools, they're going to have no chance anymore if because they're just not going to be in those conferences. They're not going to be able to make it. You're going to have to see teams – move into the conferences or figure out some way to join in with this so that they can stay relevant because right now the pac 12 is diminishing hard losing two big names like that yeah i think this is unfortunately you you know college football has been professional football for a long time like let's look at what was happening in the 80s like it was all under the table right like it's been semi-pro football for a long time. And this is what happens when you have an institution that refuses to adapt and refuses to change and they do little things to try to put the band-aids on it. I think they should have done this back with the original Big 12 conference realignment ACC when the when the Big East went away. They should have just said at that point just been like, "You know what? Everybody's out for themselves and it's hurting the game." 
let's let's scrap the current system, the current format that we have right now. The conference is the way that we're set up. This isn't working. And let's figure out within division one, you basically have two tiers already, right? Like you have the power five, you have the group of five, right? I think they could have formalized it and just said, we're just going to go to like four super conferences with like 16 teams in each conference. Then you could do like four other conferences, 16 teams in each conference at a lesser division and just figure it out from there and go from there as opposed to the big 10 trying to do this, the sec trying to do this and each conference trying to figure it out for themselves, but there's no conference unity. I like, I think that's the direction that we're going. You're going to go to where you've got, you're going to have like a, like a commissioner almost, it's going to be basically like a a professional sports league. They're going to have to have some sort of system and structure, take some of the control away from the schools because right now it's the wild West and it's not good for anyone. I think what, what's interesting is to see what Notre Dame does. Like, I think that's going to be the next shoe to drop. Like, are they willing to leave independence behind? Are they willing to join a conference? They have, an agreement with the ACC, like where do they go from there? But yeah, Notre Dame is going to be the, the big one that the SEC or the big 10 are going to try to lure in. And I'm not sure like exactly what's going to happen there. The, the funny so, thing I was, guess... Oh, yeah. go ahead, Ben. And then I'll, I'll no, I just, I just wanted to bring something up real fast. Like you mentioned that, you know, divided into two, you basically already have to, there's already two different divisions within division one already with the FBS and the FCS. Why do we have to then make this super exclusive 48 team, 64 team? Okay. It is about money and I get that, but that sucks because that's not about what the fans are about. Why can't we do something and figure something out to where there's a hundred teams that they can run a playoff system there. I mean, some of the greatest moments in college football are small schools doing big things when given the opportunity. And, and that's maybe a little bit of a homer as a Boise state fan, but not really your casual. No name doesn't watch college football fan knows about Boise state beating Oklahoma. Very few people can tell you who won the national title even last year. Like, let's talk about some of those things. Those great moments happen, but it's all about, your Alabamas and your Oklahomas and your Texases and making the rich richer. And instead of just caving to that, can't we have somebody that mans up and says, let's do what's best for college football. And, and I would say what's best for these kids, not I would say, turning this into a minor league. I would say that's part of like it's true college sports in general. Like, that's the appeal of college of people watching college sports is the fact that, you know, in some sense, it's still anybody's game. Like anybody can go out and prove that they're worthy and they can be there. But as soon as you split it up even more and, and make the elitist group, it takes away from that. I think, you know, <laughs> look at Mississippi yeah, t- state winning the college world series. You know, they lost their first game in the SEC tournament. You know I mean? They were not even great. And then they come in and get hot and win. Like that's fun. Yeah. But they were a number one seed earlier in the year that got cold and they got hot at the right time. Like okay, Mississippi but still, but state they, wasn't but in college they football. Like, they weren't in college football. They had no chance. Correct. Correct. But you also only play 12 regular season games in college football. It's a little bit harder to compare versus basketball and baseball where you can play multiple games in a week and figure some of that stuff out. My point being that Boise State wants to be relevant. They want to be involved in all of this, but they can't sell out their 35,000-seat stadium. Like, to a certain point, yes, like that moment against Oklahoma was great. But does Boise State move the needle week after week? No, they don't. They don't have enough talent. They're not interesting enough. They don't have the alumni base. And like we've seen, like, this is – this is capitalism, right? Like who, what makes money? What is marketable? They're going to go with that. College football has always been about that. Okay. But that's not, but that's not what college sport, this isn't a professional league. It's not capitalism. This is state funded. Don't give me this, 
because the coaches salaries on these guys, all of these guys are the highest paid state employees. And as a state employee, don't give me that garbage. Cause guess what? I don't get, I don't get funding and all this garbage for this, but we're going to pretend under the flag of amateurism, then, then, then take it away, take it away. If you're going to do this, take it away because we're playing under this college sports amateurism flag like we're the best people ever and we're amateurs and look at how cool we are. But really, it has nothing to do with that. It is capitalism. So Alabama doesn't get to have a college basketball team anymore. Make them make that hard decision on what comes with football and what comes with with the other sports because we're pretending and, and it's and it's garbage. To be honest, to be 100 percent frank, it is garbage. It is politics at its best, and it is 150% the biggest load of bull crap I've ever heard in my life to say that stuff because they want to pretend like it's college sports and it's about the, the college athletes and the student experience. And 98% of your college athletes don't do this to make money and for the business and the capitalism and the garbage of it. That's not what this is about. So if you want to take those 60 schools and say, you guys either pick to have a professional college football team or you could continue to play in the NCAA, but you don't get any of your other sports. That's what they should have to do because yeah. that's what this is about. The student athlete, not somebody getting the money in their pocket. Don't give me that garbage. You have done nothing. No, I, I think college football. I think what you're, what you're saying, I agree, I agree with you that I think college football should become its own entity and it should break away from the NCAA. I don't think that you then punish those schools and say that you can't do all of the other Olympic sports, all the other athletes. Absolutely. You do and do this. Absolutely. Why? You do. Why? Why? Because look at the money that they're making. Money is that. going into those other sports. And now you've done an unfair competitive advantage because of your college football money coming in because you're now a professional business in college football, but you can funnel that. They've money been a professional business for decades in college football. Right. And so let's college football subsidizes everything of, else. Instead of reining in and letting the rich elite continue to win and get their way and throw a baby fit because they make more money, more money, more money. How about we hold them accountable for what they're supposed to be doing, which is a state entity. All of these, almost all of these schools are state ran programs. UCLA is a state school, not a private school. They should be held accountable to live at the state government. They're ran and they're funded, not by a business, but by taxpayer money. It's a state-ran school. Don't be that garbage. They're now leading to the area where state-funded entities are able to make millions and millions of dollars and make this amount of money under the name of college football and capitalism and look how fair we are and we're giving these student-athletes an opportunity. It's garbage. It's garbage and it's pretentious and it makes absolutely no sense to me unless you're a big fan. And even if I was a fan of one of these schools, same thing. It's pretentious. It's it's fake and it's pulling me away from college football. 100% pulling me away from college football. I love college football, but it's pulling me away because it is the more and more I think about it it is the fakest thing I've ever seen. It is absolutely fake. It's garbage. All right, so let's we can set that to the side because that's not happening. So if we if we go with like the reality of the situation and what is happening, you've got the reality. SEC and the Big Ten are becoming it's basically they're becoming the power two, right? The ACC has got to figure out what they're going to do. You've got a couple of schools in there that have a little bit of cachet that they're going to try to try to do something, but they have. They have a contract all the way up till 2032 or something like that. Basically, it's going to be really difficult for any of those ACC schools to go anywhere, right? The Big 12 is adding new members. The Pac-12 now is a little bit neutered. They got to figure out what they're going to do, which, by the way, I think it's funny that this was less than a year ago that that the Pac-12, the Big 10, and the ACC all got together and announced this alliance that, like, we're going to support each other and... Nick, how did that go? That's why yeah. it's pretentious. I'm still there. That, that went well. You're making yeah. my point for me. Yeah, yeah you Woo. are. You're exactly proving it. But, but so, so, so my thing is like, no matter what we, no matter what they say, everybody is looking out for number one at this point, right? And so, my thing is, is in your mind, then 
what would the ideal format look like for college football? Like if we just college football, let's not look at the other sports right now. Like just college football, what would the ideal format look like? Ben, Ben, you're kind of saying like, screw the, screw the rich and famous. We'll figure it out on our own. But like, I don't know, Riley, like if you were, if you were to design this, if you could be like, we're just going to blow this whole thing up and redesign this, what would your ideal format look like? I think if you're going to redesign it, if you're saying that college football is so important and powerful and all of this, then quit having location conferences that are just ginormous. Okay. If you want to make this something where it's going to be more interesting and more competitive, then break up the conferences. Quit having these giant super powered. Oh, we're the only ones that matter conferences because it's really annoying that all you ever hear about is the sec. So what does it look like? It's garbage. So, so let's, so what I'm saying is split, split up these conferences, make smaller conferences, like, and create a better playoff system because right now a four team playoff is garbage and it doesn't change anything. Like it gives them one more game. We so need to create a better playoff system. Like, what, like get, like, give me specifics. Like what would you do? I'm saying you take do? the teams and split them up from the one single conference. That's the giant conference. Like this two te- this two conference super conference thing is ridiculous. So say like call up on to step in and say, okay, you have a, eight team limit on your conference like no bigger than eight teams in your conference and then we can split them up and you can say each conference has an automatic bid or whatever and let's split it up into i want to see at least if you're going to go this big i want to see at least eight conferences i want to see you split up to eight good conferences max them out at eight teams per conference give each conference some sort of an automatic bid into a into a playoff system and You've got to go to a bigger playoffs. Go to go to twelve teams. Yeah, but what's the difference between eight eight team conferences and four sixteen team conferences? There is no difference. So yeah, my so, thing is, is go, I go would ahead, rather no. I would rather see a six sixteen team conferences, so you can mix in some smaller schools, make them regional based, whether it's West, Central, East, and you have almost like baseball, basketball, football like a national conference and an American conference. And then you have three divisions conferences within those conferences. And each conference has whatever, 40 teams in it. And you can divide it out how you want then. The prob- let's, let's make a the real problem. You're going to run into regional based. You're still going to like the West is always going to get screwed in college. No, football. No, 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 no. But this, this is where they won't though, because now it's not a power to do this. Listen, because listen, here's how you do this. All right. Because I've thought a lot about this. I don't think this is ever going to happen, but this is what I would love to see. All right. You have four 16 team conferences that are broken into two divisions, right? And then, and then you have like four other 16 team conferences underneath that you create some sort of relegation system, right? So what you do within the two divisions, everybody plays everyone within their division. So you have seven regular season games there. Then you get three out of division games, but this is controlled by someone centrally, right? So the schools aren't, aren't scheduling their own games, right? So you have like a president or a commissioner over college football that then schedules these out throughout the year. You can mix in some teams from the lower division so that you get some of those matchups, see some of those upsets, still do that, but you do like a 10 game regular season. The winner of each division plays each other for the conference championship. That's like a pseudo playoff game, right? And then the winner of each of those conferences go into a four-team playoff that play each other. Everyone has equal access to the college football playoff at that point. You're setting it up where it's regional so that the South doesn't dominate everything where they don't have multiple teams within there. You have to compete. And then the bottom three teams from each conference are relegated down and the top three teams from below get to move up to get to move up. So there's more intrigue in the games, both for the teams at the bottom of the conference and at the top of the conference, because they're trying to stay to stay in, but you're also creating this intrigue with some of the lower leagues where they have the opportunity with multiple good seasons to be able to move up. The NIL money, I think is also going to be able to create a little bit more parity because players can make money 
in other places. And now you don't have to go to the SEC to try to get into the college football playoff. You can do that in multiple places. That's what I would like to see. I think that's doable. It's possible. I worry that the, the power teams aren't going to let go of the money and the control in order to do that, though. So you're talking about three different levels of Division One college football at that point. And that's okay. I think, it's, I think it's like I think it's different. Like college football separates itself from the NCAA, and it's just different. If you're gonna like this give, is if you're gonna give its own entity, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna want to do these four super conferences idea, you need to do some sort of form of relegation. The problem is, is you're never gonna get agreement to do that, and it sucks. Like we could live in this perfect utopian world, but until somebody mans up and tells these schools that they're gonna have to figure out how to give up some of the power. I mean, they get to schedule all their own games. Like this is college football is if you sit back and think about it, it's like the least democratic thing ever in the history of the world. Like who decides that they just get to pick who they play, who decides like none of it makes no sense at all. Like the problem is if they, if they were smart enough to do this, they would all make more money because that would be interesting. Like you'd be able to play. You're telling me Alabama's going to make more money off that. People would care about for Kansas sure. versus yeah. Kansas would care about Kansas versus Kansas State because they may be fighting for a relegation spot, you know. And so now you got Kansas versus TU, and now it matters because they're both fighting for relegation. And you're still going to have intrigue in Boise State versus Nevada because they might be fighting for a promotion spot, and like that matters a little bit. Yeah, tell me, you, tell me how does that work with transfers? If you're, ta- if you're taking college football and separating it as its own entity, how does that work with the transfers? If you're talking about, like, a guy coming from a JUCO trying to get into it, like, they're a separate entity. The NCAA is not going to have any power over it. How does that work? Why would you not be able to transfer in? Like, they could still offer them a scholarship and bring them on. Why would that be an issue? So there's – okay, but let's say someone goes to one of those bigger schools and wants to transfer down to the NCAA. You don't think the NCAA is going to say, no, you don't, you don't get to transfer down. And they you might don't get not. to come into the NCAA. They like, make that okay. decision. Make that decision. I mean, that's okay. that's going to get sticky and complicated in itself. Transfers are right now are very sticky and complicated. Yeah, I just think that you they, there needs to be some central control because the Wild West, this isn't everybody looking out for themselves. They're actually hurting each other and hurting themselves in the process of doing it. And I think if you do this regionally, you'd be able to keep some of the some of the regional rivalries that we've lost with a lot of the college realignment, like Pitt and West Virginia get to keep playing Texas and Oklahoma, Texas and Texas A&M, like some of these things that we haven't been able to have like Florida, Florida state, right? Like you'd be able to continue to do some of this as you set up the conferences and figure some of that out while at the same time, building some sort of more equitable system where everyone would have access to um, get into, into the college football playoff. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It, it's going to be interesting to see what I, happens over the next couple of months. I have a hard time with that because to me that sounds like why is that even a part of college? Why does that have any like attachment to a college? Why don't we just like scrap it all completely and just call it? That doesn't sound like it's a college experience. What does this have to do with college? Like. None of these none of these athletes now are students because if you're transferring to seven different schools throughout your college football experience, you're not getting a real education. Like, I don't know, like what's the point of college football at that point? Just let these kids go into a professional league, like let them go straight to the pros. Why are we even having college football at that point? Well, because you have a lot of kids on the team that aren't going pro, like they're still getting an education. I don't know, but you're screwing over that kid when you recruit them there and say, hey, come play with so-and-so or hey, come play under this coach. And then next year, that kid decides, oh, I'm going somewhere else. And then they're trading them. And like, yeah, but now they can, like, they can transfer, they can do whatever. Like, I don't know. That's they could transfer wherever now. Just then take those super conferences and scrap it and say, hey, you're going to go play for these teams. Like, it's not, it's not attached to any college. Like, I don't know. That's no, but but then it would lose its intrigue. Like, you want, like, the college is what it's already losing its intrigue. It brings it in. And all right. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm all for it, but let's, yeah, 
we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this maybe in the next couple of months. We can talk start to think about what this means for the Pac-12, the Big 12, some of the other conferences where they go from here. But the other big thing that's been happening, if you guys have been keeping track, the NBA so also saw at the same time that USC UCLA was happening, Kevin Durant requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving opted into his contract. Who knows what that, what's going to happen there? Rudy Gobert just barely got traded to Minnesota for a bunch of picks and a bunch of, you know, players like things are starting to happen. So like, if, if we look at the moves so far, like these are the ones that I'm pulling up that seemed like most interesting. So Go- Gobert got traded to Minnesota for what was it? Four first round draft picks. Did I get that right? Affirmative. Yes. And then we had with Pat Beverly and, Beasley, a couple of other like role players within there. And then the Jazz had also traded Royce O'Neal for a first round pick to Brooklyn, which was weird. That's a weird trade. Bradley Beal went back to Washington. I'm trying to figure out what Bradley Beal's doing. Like the Wizards have never been good while he's been there. Like, but he's just like, well, I keep making money here, so I might as well. You know, Zach Levine stays with. With Chicago, they're one to look at. Jalen Brunson to New York after his big, big playoff run. And then John Wall to the Clippers. So those are the big moves we've had so far. Riley, like initial reactions to these, like which which move here kind of is shocking to you? Like, what do you think? Yeah, just I mean, looking at everything that's a, been happening. As a Jazz fan, the Rudy Gobert trade is, I mean... I don't know. I, I was hopeful that they would find a way that those two could play together and be successful and that they would just put some pieces around them that would help. But I see it happening and I see why they did it. And I'm at the end of the day, I'm glad it was Rudy and not and not Donovan, because I think that Donovan is a franchise. He's the guy that you need in today's NBA to s- score buckets. And so I'm hoping he stays. But with um, with Rudy Gobert gone i mean i think that opens up space for them to be able to go and make some moves i think that they need to get on that they've got a lot of stuff they can use now to maybe moves for some guys they need wings like get a serviceable big man go get some wings that can play with donovan mitchell that can defend on the perimeter because right now we have zero perimeter defense and we need some wings that can help defend on the perimeter and we need some guys that can just be good like can be a help around Donovan Mitchell because we can't just keep having undersized guards. Like Mike Conley is not doing any, any good for the jazz right now. He's a waste of a player right there. So maybe moving Gobert, and maybe you can use Conley with some of that other stuff to try to go get something a little better. Yeah. I don't know. Con- Con- Conley's got to go. He's because they're trying to make Mitchell the point guard and then surround right. him with a bunch of wings yeah. is the plan. That, so get rid of Conley. You got to get rid of Conley. You can yeah, but keep, who's going to take um, on that contract? He's old and not very productive. Yeah, I think. I unless unless they're going to like swap Conley for Westbrook. Man. No, please no. <laughs> Heck no. Well, like if they get Westbrook for a year, take take on the money, then dump that expiring contract, and then like play for free agency for next year. I don't know. So basically, you just play in like a down year. You know, you're not going to win anything because you're going to get. Well, I mean, they just Russell hired. Westbrook. They just hired old what's his name their, their coach for a five year contract. Like I think like they're playing the long game, and maybe that's what yeah. the point with all these draft picks is that like let's load up on a bunch of assets so when the time is right, like we're able to get the pieces together and go from here. The other the other one, and I mentioned this to you. I think John Wall actually isn't a bad move. Like yeah, he hasn't played for a while, but I think if if he can fall into a role and just be a serviceable point guard around the two guys that he's got on that team, like. I think that's not a bad move for the Clippers. He's been around. He's a good player. Like, I think that could be very helpful to the Clippers uh, and maybe help him get over the edge. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like that does nothing for them. They already had Reggie Jackson kind of playing that role as the point guard. John Wall hasn't really even played in three years. You know, like, at least he – John Wall had enough sense to realize, like, hey, I shouldn't opt into all this money when I haven't played or, like, earned any of it. So let me just get to a team, take a mid-level exception, right. make – you know, but – and 
Harden didn't opt into his contract and he's trying to rework it so that Philadelphia can get some more players, which I think is smart. You know, I think, I think John Wall's gonna, but I think what he's going to bring you is he's going to bring you some of that more veteran mindset of just being like, like, I don't know. I think it might help just having a guy who's experienced has a veteran mindset. And I think he's grown up from that. Like he hasn't played for a while. And I think he's going to, he just wants to play on a team where he has a chance to make it get to a championship. And I think, I'm surprised. I mean, I know he he made a great run and and helped the the Mavericks a ton, but I am surprised at how much stock was being put into Jalen Brunson. I don't think he's that good of a player. Like, he's not worth all that money. And the Jazz made him look really good in the playoffs. I'll say that they made <laughs> they him look amazing. But I do not him. think I do not think that dude is a twenty eight million dollar player. Like, I don't know. That's that's crazy to me. As I like. The start of free agency, that was the one thing I was like, I can't believe that he's the big name on the market right now. But, I mean, props to him, I guess. He's earned it in a way, but he's going to have to keep earning it because I don't know if that's the type of player he can be year in and year out. No, this is the perfect Knicks situation. Like, let's overpay for a mediocre guy who's going to go out there and, you know, yeah. So, so now that he's going to New York, Brunson's going to become a nobody, basically, is, what, is what's going to happen. And we'll mm-hmm. see what happens from there. Ben, I know you're not as big into the NBA, but like anything you want to add to what we're, you know, our freakouts here? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I like Zach Levine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's just I haven't been as invested in the NBA, and these are minor what I feel like to me as a casual fan, minor players and like even Gobert, like, you know, he's good defensive player of the year, but like, I, I wouldn't see him worth four first round draft picks, but that's just me. So what's, what's interesting is that Minnesota just re-opted with Carl Anthony Towns on a super max deal of $240 million or something. So you've got like, what's the plan then? Like cat, you've got a bunch of big men. Gobert is yeah. the center. You got Anthony Edwards. Like, I, I guess I don't understand this move for Minnesota. Like, what are they hoping they're, to accomplish with they're this? They're playing a bunch of big men in a small man's league right now. Like, in a in a guard's league, they're playing three big guys. You know, it makes me think that I wonder if the Jazz are going after DeAndre Ayton. Like, I wonder if, like, they're trying to free up some cap space with the Royce O'Neal trade, too, to go after Ayton. Because right now, they don't really have... I guess they have Whiteside. They don't really have Whiteside's garbage, though. Well, he's like, he's emotionally unstable. Like yeah, you can never rely he, on him. You can't. Yeah. You can, he can't be your day in and day out big guy. Yeah, I think the big story is Kevin Durant requesting a trade. So Brooklyn went all in with KD and Kyrie, and now Ben Simmons is over there, and Kyrie is emotionally all over the place. He opts into his contract, but Brooklyn doesn't want him there. Now Kevin Durant wants out. I think Brooklyn's going into total rebuild mode. So with that, like we're let's do just like real quick predictions. We've got, you know, Durant, Kyrie, Aiton, a couple of other players. Like, where do you think they end up landing? So with Kevin Durant requesting the trade out, what do you think is the best fit for him moving forward? I don't, I don't know. That's a tough one. Like I, I don't know who's Kevin Durant wants to be in a bigger market. He wants to be somewhere that is known and somewhere that's big or something. He wants to go and be like the savior. So he's, I don't think he wants to go and join and Ben's like all anti Kevin Durant because the only way he got his rings was on a super team. I think, and I think that's kind of what Kevin Durant thinks right now. Like I don't want to go play on a super team because that's, you know, everyone's calling him out on that. The fact that the Warriors won this ring this year and Kevin Durant wasn't part of it. And they're like, oh, that just ruins Kevin Durant's legacy. Like, I, I think, think he, he wants cares. to go somewhere. I I think he wants to go somewhere where it's the same reason he went to Brooklyn. I think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to save the place and bring the possibility of a title there. And so I don't know. I, I that's that's a mystery to me. I think Kyrie is going to either be stuck. I don't know who wants Kyrie like he's a liability in so many ways. And so he might be stuck in Brooklyn. I don't know if Brooklyn's going to get anything for him. Like, who's going to well, go and take that on? So here's the thing. If Brooklyn's in rebuild mode and the Lakers need to get rid of Westbrook, 
Do you swap Kyrie for Westbrook? Do the Lakers take Kyrie? Does LeBron want Kyrie? I think, I think, I mean, he, we made it work with Cleveland. I I know, but I don't think things ended well between those two. No, but I think that Kyrie realized that he never should have left LeBron. And I think if you put Kyrie on the Lakers, that's an interesting team with Anthony Davis. Like if, if, and Brooklyn's like, you know what? Okay. We'll take on Westbrook for a year, dump his contract, go into rebuild mode. We get out of the Kyrie business and the Lakers are like, great. We get to get rid of, of Westbrook. We have somebody who can actually shoot the ball and play alongside LeBron. I think that could work for both teams. I, I wonder if that's the move that they're looking Maybe. at. Maybe. I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if daddy LeBron in, in LA there is going to be okay with them bringing Kyrie back. Like, I think that the things did not end well with those two. And I don't know that they are. I don't think you see a reunion, Yeah, but I could see that working for both organizations. Yeah. The move that I, that I want to see happen is that maybe the jazz are trying to get in this where they have a bunch of picks to be able to do some sort of be part of a three team trade where Durant, the, the team that keeps coming up, the two teams that I've heard quite a bit for Durant are Miami and Phoenix are the two teams that he's openly expressed that he wants to play to play for. I think Miami seems more possible where the jazz might be able to do something where they get in and they trade a bunch of picks to Brooklyn. Brooklyn trades Durant to Miami and Miami trades Jimmy Butler and maybe somebody else to Utah and the jazz get Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler with Donovan Mitchell, that makes them an interesting team. And I could see where Miami, like you kind of hit a ceiling, like Butler's really good, but they kind of hit a ceiling with what they'd be able to do with him. Durant takes them to that next level. He's more, he's a, a more refined player. He has a better offensive game and he's still a really good defender. He's long. He can rebound. He does everything that you would need him to do. I can see where Miami makes that move and they, they kind of move on from, from Jimmy Butler. I, I think that would be an interesting move. And I would love to see that that's, as a jazz that's fan. Maybe a little bit of wishful thinking as a jazz fan. Yeah, that is very, doing, wishful you're doing thinking. a lot of wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I, I have a feeling that Durant's going to end up in Miami one way or, the, or another. One I think way or that's another. where he And I think that fits. I think that fits his, like he wants to go get a team and be like the difference maker of taking them to the, to a championship. Like Miami's been there the last few years. He wants to take them over the edge. And I think that. And, and Pat Riley figures know. out a way to get stars. Like he just. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. It'll be interesting. Free agency's going to go a lot of different ways. It always right. does every year. Yeah. So I, Kyrie, I don't think he stays in Brooklyn. I think he ends up with the Lakers. That's my prediction. I think he stays. I think he's I stuck. I, I don't think he's there. Uh, he's gone. Westbrook, how how confident are you? You think he stays with the Lakers? I think the Lakers are just dumb enough that yes, I think he stays. I don't think it's they're dumb enough. They I don't know if they have. I don't any think they have I don't a know choice. If, I don't know if anyone's going to take him. Yeah, Aiton. Where do you think Aiton lands? Toronto's been the one that they that they've been talking a lot about. I don't think he yeah, goes can, back to Phoenix, though. I, I don't think he does go back to Phoenix. Um, I could see Toronto, but, you know, once again, it's, it's going to come down to the money for a guy. You know, he's going to, where's the money going to come? And because yeah. he was looking for yeah. a championship, I think he'd try to stay in Phoenix. Yeah. Well, with Gobert being traded, new head coach, how likely is it that Donovan Mitchell stays? I think he stays. I think he stays at least a couple more years and kind of trust it and see where they can go. But I think for him to stay, they've got to make some key moves that are going to keep him happy and keep him around. Any other star players? Anybody else you feel like? Any other shoes to drop? There's always something. There's always going to be a surprise within there. But Always. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder, 
how likely is it that Ben Simmons actually plays basketball again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dude. NBA is weird. I don't know. It, it's been interesting. It'll be interesting to like follow and see and see what happens from there. Well, we're not going to keep this episode for too long, but we are heading into the 4th of July. And with that, we know lots of barbecue is coming up. Also starting to do more live baseball games and a staple for any 4th of July barbecue, or if you're heading to any baseball game is a hot dog. All right. So we're going to spend just a couple of moments here to discuss the American institution that is the hot dog. So first off, before we do anything else, what is a hot dog? Like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no? And why? Yes. Riley. Oh, Ben says yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bun, two sides, meat and other sort of toppings. You can put a million different things on a hot dog. I mean, go to Chicago. They'll put, I don't even know. I mean, it's 100% it's a sandwich. What else do you I call mean, it? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where else you classify it as, but I don't know if you, like, I always think of a sandwich as two separate entities of bread, like smushing stuff together. A, a bun's like one whole thing. You just kind of set the hot dog in the middle there. I don't know if it's. Well, what about a like, hoagie? Yeah. Like. Uh, think yeah, about Subway. Remember, and you might be too young, Riley, but way back in the day, Subway used to do this thing where like and they instead of cutting it just like two pieces of bread like they do now they like opened this up oh this i know that yeah thing I in remember the middle that. and put everything in there and then put that bread on top and then by the time they close it there's so much crap there that the other side rips off well, and it's still just like two side sandwich place no you, you eat you eat two different sandwiches one of them with all the toppings and one it's just bread so like like you like whichever <laughs> side you were eating on yeah <laughs> I don't know. I argue. I think you sandwich. do. Guys. I think it is a sandwich. I mean, what else do you call it? Well, some people say it's its own category, but then like, what what, what differentiates it? So, what about this? Is a hamburger a sandwich? Yes. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Some people say it's not a sandwich. It's a hamburger. It's different. A hamburger is a type of sandwich. Yeah, it's just, it's a type that's, of sandwich. That's what I think. All right, we're all on yeah. the same page. All right, what are you going to have? Thirty-seven thousand different categories, like whatever. possibly. You know, yeah. yeah, they just don't want to have thirty-seven thousand different sandwiches. <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about what we're putting on the hot dog then. All right, ketchup or mustard? Both. Yeah, I'm 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 more on the both train, but I'm just saying if you don't put mustard on a hot dog, what's wrong with you? You got to have some mustard on that bad boy. I mean, oh, no, if, people, if, I, I'm, if I'm choosing, if I have to choose, if I have to choose, it's mustard. Ketchup. Every time. Oh yeah. If uh, I have to choose, it's ketchup. If I have to choose okay, between the two, it's gotta be ketchup. But I, no, I not have having to choose, to I'm like going mustard. both. Yeah. How are y'all related to me? What, what we never had mustard as a kid. Like I never, 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 never. Now yeah. as I'm getting older, I'm putting mustard on a little bit more. But even then, it's there's it's less here's the problem I have with mustard, right? The first squeeze is always just a bunch of just runny crap. And then you, you got to shake it, dude. You everything. don't shake it. You got to shake it up. Shake it. <laughs> well, that's your fault. Ketchup does that too if you don't shake it. Well, not as much as mustard. All right. <laughs> not like mustard. He is right. It's not like not mustard. Not like mustard. Still, yeah. Shake the son right. of a gun. All right. Other toppings. I'm, I'm big into relish and onions. No. No. On the hot dog. No. Onions. 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 Yeah, I'm with Ben. Onions. Oh, no, no, no. Sweet, a sweet relish? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no relish. Guac? No. Uh, guac? Mayonnaise? I'll put guac. Mayonnaise? No. Guacamole avocado. with mustard? Avocado? Are you putting guacamole and mustard on the same hot dog? Sure. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you put jalapenos? Yeah, jalapenos. Jalapenos are good, yeah. I'd take jalapenos. Banana peppers? Banana peppers, yeah. See, that's that's kind bacon? of a Chicago thing. Start doing that, some of that. Bacon, bacon, yeah. bacon is good. Chili that's and cheese, bacon, obviously, but obviously, look, okay. Honey, I'm honey. married to someone who does mayonnaise and hot dogs, and like that's just disgusting. But I don't know. Oh, it's good. No, no. I'm I'm, I'm indifferent on mayonnaise and hot dogs. It's like it's whatever. But mm. avocado, you have to stick some slices up on one side of avocado. See, I can see like okay, some sliced bacon. avocado. I can some see bacon that, on man. this side. 
Like, but you gotta get rid of the mustard if you're doing that. Sorry. No, no, you could keep the mustard in that bad boy. Come no. on, mustard and avocado a together. Tang. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no. a little tang on that bad boy. All right. If we're Some going fancy mustard. hot dogs, you know, Some like, honey mustard maybe. Oh, honey mustard that would be good. All right. So if we're if we're not just doing like the regular, you know, like ballpark or Oscar Mayer, like if you're like, hey, let's get let's get something good, right? All right, you going brat or Polish? Brat. Brat all day, right? All day. Brat. That's not even a question. Like, and and if I can, I want a spicy brat. No, spicy brat. But I do like the ones where they put the cheese in them too. Like, no, see, the, I don't, ooh, don't the, like the cheddar brats. The cheddar brats. No, the cheddar brats. Yeah, no I like, I'd rather spicy than the cheddar one. No, give me the I'm not brats. big on the cheddar one. Okay, so oh I was at Dodger God, Stadium God. a couple weeks ago too, and the Dodger dogs are infamous for being a foot long. And then you got a six inch long bun. So like dogs sticking way out off the bun. All right. So are you, are you with like the, the long hot dog with the short bun or you're like, you know, the, the hot dog should fit within the bun. Like what, what's your I think that the here? dog. So the, cause there's two schools of thought because I've had it too, where the bun's too big for the dog. Like, you know I mean? And then you got too much bread. You got to find having the Dodger dog being hanging over. That's, the dog to bun ratio is not a, is not appropriate. The dog to bun ratio should really be two to one. You know, the length should be the same. You got two pieces of bun on each side. So two buns to one dog, you know, bun ratio line See, up perfectly. If you get too much bun, you've lost the integrity of the dog. And if you get like too much just, dog, you've now lost all integrity. Are you two to one on mass or length or like, you know, no, 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 the... two to one on mass total. Like, so lengthwise, they should be the same, but you have two sides of the hot dog bun right see that's the point see i'm i'm with ben where the bun can definitely not be longer than the dog but you can have a little bit of overhang on the dog like i'm okay with a little bit of hot dog overhang like Like you can an inch or two on each side is fine but i'm i I don't like the the, like the three inches inches of dodger dog the three inches is too much on the dog i love dodger dogs that's they need to get some longer buns but if they if they got even just like a, a an eight or nine inch bun perfect like i want a little bit of dog hanging out the end on a foot long but not like half of it you know yeah i think you don't do you got to do the bun length hot dogs though the short hot dogs with the long buns like it's a it's a no-go right like no who wants to eat that bread with no hot dog there like that's that's right you always get to that disappointing last bite, bite. It's like there's no it's just bread no dog oh yeah man. <laughs> yeah yeah you all right like well now you guys are Hopefully you're all set for your barbecues now. Like you, you, you know, like this, these are the things to plan for, to think about as you're setting up your hot dogs. And the other for, thing is, is the dogs. thickness of the bun. You know, you get those really fat, thick buns. Those aren't good either. You got, I like the little bit skinnier, a little bit more flat buns, you know, it makes a big difference. That's just me. Yeah. We are really getting into talking about the bun on the hot dog. Hey, yeah. it's, it's a very it's important. important thing. Is the bread it's important. to meat ratio? Okay, I'm like, going back a very to very the... big scientific factor there. <laughs> like you guys wanted to talk about the NBA for ten minutes, let me fat guy talk about hot dogs <laughs> for a little bit. You know, I mean, I'm just saying it's a scientific what's, effort to this. Thing. Hey, what's the what's the bun to dog ratio in the hot dog eating contest? Is it perfect? Well, they're dunking it in water. They don't like, even put the dog like, in the bun. <laughs> That is another Fourth of July thing. We do have that coming up. So they do. I mean, they do eat the bun. They have to eat the bun. But they don't put the dog in the bun. They just break it in half and shove it in their gullet. And then they dip the bun in the water. They don't get any water and stuff. They're not even like. It's not like they're taking the time to put the hot dog in the bun. Like they don't need that. Okay. Okay. Off topic, but still one of my favorite. This is Sports Center commercials. Is when Kobayashi goes in. Was it Kobayashi and like goes to the cafeteria, gets three hot dogs, sits down, eats them in like three seconds, and then gets up and walks out? That's like one of my favorites. Yeah, I don't. Does it? Is anybody watching the Fourth of July hot dog eating contest? Because like I can't watch it; it makes me nauseous. I'm like, what is going on? Hey, I just I just watch the highlights nause- on Instagram. Speaking of nauseous, what do you? Uh, and I know we're we're wrapping up here, but I just saw something. What do you think about those San Diego C- City Connect unis? Did you see him yet? Do we want to wait? We want to talk oh, about gosh. it next week. That's going to have to let be me, a whole topic. That might look, be. We these, might need these to wait like, for like, the fashion police. Oh, hang on. Did they look like the almost like the Miami Heat? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Those are those are something. No, we need to save that for another episode. 
So it's a good. All right, we'll get into that later. Oh, yeah, I actually don't. I don't dislike them, actually. I don't know that I hate them. I, I haven't figured it out yet. So let's wait. Now I got to wrap my mind around it. You know, my initial reaction was like, but I want to see other than just these pictures. So, yeah, I want to see them in action. I still I love the angels like they're clean. They're not wild. Like the angels did a good job. That cream white. Yeah. These are out there, right. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be a good topic. Anyways, okay. sit, happy, sit on that one. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla gets another one. Bobby Bonilla Day. Woo! Bobby Bonilla just, Day. Just made money not playing in the MLB for 20-something years. Still the greatest contract ever signed in the history of sports. Bobby He's Bonilla. still raking in a million dollars every year. I mean, man. Yeah. We could all You're be Bobby Bonilla. Well, because Bernie Madoff owned the Mets, so they were like, oh, we're going to have money forever. And then figured out he was running a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight. The sports business, you know, whatever. We'll figure it all out. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be off next week, though. So everybody enjoy the 4th of July. We're going to be back the following week. We're going to talk a little bit of – MLB all-star break kind of figure out where we are mid season. We're going to go back to our predictions for the year, see where we are within there. The likelihood that, you know, one of us and our predictions are going to be correct. I know I, I predicted Bryce Harper for NL MVP and he's now injured. So we'll see how that goes, but I know. And he's on my fantasy team. Don't talk about it. Can we not bring that up? No source. Sorry. Right there. My bad. Upsetting. But Yeah. So if you like what you're listening to though, Again, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you find us. Check us out on Facebook. Comment. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you think is happening. Like, what do you want to hear about, too? Like, we want to hear some feedback from you all. Like, what's on your mind? What do you want us to talk about? We'd be able to bring some of that in. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it and hope you all have a safe 4th of July. Don't blow your hands off or anything and keep it real. We out!